Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not sexual liberation is good and we are starting right now. With Daniel Hakikachu's opening statement, thanks so much for being with us. Daniel, the floor is all yours for your opening statement. Okay, my pleasure. Bismillah, I want to give two main arguments for why we should all reject sexual liberation. First, the totalitarianism argument. We all want an ordered society. Order means cooperation and non-aggression. It means that people work together to produce food, maintain shelter, defend against outside attacks. It means people don't harm each other, destroy each other's property, steal or molest. Without order, life is just nasty, brutish, and short. So how do you prevent this chaos and maintain order? There are two approaches, top-down versus bottom-up. We all know the top-down approach. There's a centralized government that enforces laws that prevent us from harming each other and requires us to cooperate. The government uses technologies to enforce laws and maintain social order. Historically, most of human civilization has not had this top-down system, mainly because centralization, surveillance, and enforcement require technology. If someone decides to attack you, you use technology like your phone to call the police. The police use cars to get you to you as quickly as possible and firearms to apply deadly force efficiently. Technology is essential to maintain order. Without these technologies, anyone can assault you or destroy, at your, destroy your property. And by the time authorities find out, you're dead. So how did societies maintain order prior to these technologies? For most human history, order was not top-down, but rather bottom-up. This social order through organic, biologically rooted relationships of marriage, family, community, and religion. When you're married to someone in a reciprocal relationship of commitment and care, you're less inclined to harm him or her. When you're in the same family and share kinship ties with mother, father, children, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc., you're less inclined to harm them. You're more inclined to care for them, cooperate with them, provide for them, even self-sacrifice for them. You have this natural altruism and non-aggression to members of your larger kinship group in your community. Also, religion increases altruism. These things are all biologically based. These natural mechanisms we all have foster ordered human society. Not all animals have these mechanisms, which is why many societies do not live together in many species do not live together in groups. But humans can live in large ordered groups because of these natural instincts that maintain the fundamental relationships that generate social order from the bottom up. The problem with sexual liberation is it destroys these organic relationships. This is self-evident, especially given how the biggest advocates of sexual liberation historically, people like Shilamuth Firestone, Andrea Dworkin, Masha Gessen, have explicitly stated that their goal is to destroy marriage and family. 
But if there is any doubt about how sexual liberation is so corrosive to marriage and family, we can go deeper into the evidence in the open discussion. But the point is, when these relationships are gone, the natural tendencies that we have to be altruistic, to cooperate, to not harm others, all these biologically rooted tendencies are greatly diminished, if not completely lost. As a result, social order collapses, and the only way to have order is by imposing an increasingly totalitarian top-down system. This is what we have today. Without robust organic bonds, the only way to prevent society from exploding is to track everyone, monitor everyone's media consumption, censor people to prevent violence, closely regulate what is taught in schools, surveil everyone's finances, restrict access to weapons, even impose a social credit system. Here's a concrete example. Naturally, fathers have a strong bond with their children, a natural instinct to love, protect, and provide. Part of this affection is tied to the father's knowledge that his children are really his. If he's not certain that his children are biologically his because the mother has been cheating on him, then that affects his natural feelings for those children and his willingness to provide for them. This is found even in the animal kingdom when paternity is obscured due to promiscuous female behavior or even the possibility of promiscuous female behavior. This kills fatherly investment. But traditional cultures and religions prevent this by banning promiscuity. And the bonds of marriage and extended family pressure ensure that fathers provide for their kids. But today, sexual liberation destroys these organic mechanisms, directly harming children. Without these mechanisms, the top-down state must intervene by forcing fathers to provide child support. It does this by tracking fathers forcefully taking funds from their bank accounts, throwing them in jail if they miss payments. This level of totalitarian control was not necessary in the past because organic relationships created the internal psychological and the external sociological conditions to all but guarantee paternal investment. Another example, single motherhood has shot up since the sexual revolution. Who is providing for millions of children living in these single mom households when mothers can't? In bottom-up societies without sexual liberation, it's the father, extended families, the larger kinship group. In liberated societies like the U.S. and Europe, it's the welfare state. 90% of welfare in the U.S. is given to single mothers. Where does the money for these programs come from? It comes from you and me as taxpayers. The government must create this massive bureaucratic system to surveil all our finances and then forcefully tax us in order to subsidize sexual liberty. This is how sexual liberty and totalitarianism are deeply linked. Another example, so much of our mental health depends on traditional marriage and extended families. This is how God created us. But even if you don't believe in creationism or God and instead believe we are a product of evolution, you must also believe that our psychologies were formed in the context of thousands of years of traditional marriage and family. If you suddenly pluck humans out of that context and throw them in a world of unprecedented sexual liberation, you would also expect unprecedented mental dysfunction. 
And that's exactly what we see. According to evolution, we didn't evolve the psychologies needed to live well-adjusted lives as sexually unrestricted, polyamorous, porn-addicted libertines. Who's going to ensure that this society of mentally dysfunctional people doesn't rip itself to shreds? You need a muscular totalitarian surveillance state just to prevent mass upheaval. So this is the totalitarianism argument. The second argument is the chicken argument. Imagine a man who goes to the grocery store, buys a whole chicken, takes it home, has sex with it, cooks it, and eats it. Is this morally permissible? When Western college educated people are asked this, they say they think it's weird, but it isn't immoral. But when you ask non-Westerners this, regardless of culture or religion, they find this highly immoral. Why the difference? Psychologists like Jonathan Haidt explain that we have different moral modules within the mind. One module is the care slash harm module. This module makes us feel that harming others is wrong. Another module is the purity disgust module. This one makes us feel that things like smearing feces on someone or sex with a chicken is wrong. What Haidt and others argue is that Westerners, due to their culture and education, have a muted purity disgust module. This means that the care slash harm module dominates their moral evaluations. This is why in the chicken example, Westerners feel icky about it, but they don't feel there's a moral objection because technically no one is harmed. As long as no one is harmed, there's no moral problem. This moral sense is codified by John Stuart Mill's harm principle, which has heavily influenced Western law and moral philosophy. All is permitted as long as you don't harm others. But for most humans, morality is more than just a calculation of harm. Disgust is also a big part of determining right and wrong. Sure, there's cultural diversity about disgust, but there are also universals. Humans universally find certain sexual behaviors viscerally disgusting. Humans also universally value innocence, purity, and sexual virtue. So I want to ask Mr. Girl and other fans of sexual liberation, do you believe that disgust and purity are morally valid? If not, then you should accept the full consequences of your stance. You should accept things like incest. If people are wearing condoms, there's no moral problem with parents, children, siblings, all having sex, necrophilia, bestiality, the whole nine yards. If you say disgust is not valid, you also have to admit that there's no problem with cannibalism, like eating dead relatives, with eating aborted fetuses, or how about pornography on every billboard, showing porn to preschoolers. Ultimately, you have to believe that a sexually <laughs> liberated society with all these things is as good as a society without them. If you want sexual liberation, you have to be committed to going all the way. And if that weren't bad enough by itself, to make matters worse, none of us really knows what going all the way even means. Sexual liberation is like a dark, terrifying abyss. Once you jump in, you don't know where you'll end up, and there's no stopping the fall. Fans of sexual liberation might not be phased by the perversions rampant today, but we ain't seen nothing yet. Now, I'm a Muslim. I maintain that sexual liberation is bad for religious reasons. I believe there's great wisdom in God prohibiting destructive sexual behaviors, and Islam is the best religion in terms of facilitating healthy sexuality. But the totalitarianism and chicken arguments are not religious. They're arguments that appeal to our common humanity. 
I'm looking forward to hearing Max's response. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening statement from Daniel. And want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral channel hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And with that, thanks so much, Mr. Girl. Thrilled to have you as... That's right. Mr. Girl has deferred on his opening statement, saying that he prefers to have more open discussion, so we're jumping right into that open discussion. And thanks so much, gentlemen. The floor is all yours. Um, okay, yeah, I have a couple responses to some parts of that. Um, one, I feel like you're framing it uh, with a false dichotomy in, in, in that pointing out uh, problems with modern Western society like divorce or child uh, you know, custody battles or child support payments. Um, I don't think that that is necessarily an argument in favor or, or against sexual liberation. I think, I think though, I think those are problems too. And I, and so I, and I assume other like um, liberal leaning people uh, can imagine a society where you have sexual liberation and you can solve those problems that you don't need um, like fundamentalist religion to solve those problems. Uh, another um, point I wanted to address was the disgust thing. Um, I think disgust can be a consideration without being labeled as moral. So there are things that we don't want our neighbors to do because they're too disgusting. Um, even if we don't think they're, we don't, we don't have to say they're immoral to, to say like, Hey, don't do that. Um, I think that was it. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess also just the idea that uh, getting hounded for child support by um, by a court is more totalitarian than um, you know what happens in in you know majority Muslim countries or under Sharia law. If you uh, if you break the rules, I I don't agree with that either. I think um, it's. I agree. There's like a. I get what you're saying that there's more of a need for tracking people because they're not already organized into families and marriages on their own. But I don't think they really are organized on their own. I still think that the, the iron fist of uh, totalitarianism is, is a lot of what is keeping those marriages and families together. You got it. And we'll jump into open discussion more formally. Also want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description. So if you'd like to hear more from either Daniel or Mr. Girl, you certainly can by clicking on their links below, as well as if you haven't already hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up. And thanks so much, gentlemen. The floor is all yours for open dialogue. So um, thanks, Max, for the response and for listening to all of the 10 minutes. Uh, no, it's kind of long, but... Uh, I had a few questions. I wanted to address your points that you brought up in your response, but I thought it'd be good if you can define sexual liberation and like what exactly do you understand that to mean? Uh, okay, so um, I've read several of your uh, articles and um, I've seen your debate with Destiny and uh, a couple, uh, your video about uh, pornography. Um, and I think one, one, another of your videos. So my, my under, so my understanding is that under Sharia law, and you believe this, if two men are 
caught having sex, they can be executed. So that to me, that is the, the like probably the epitome of, uh, of not sexual liberation. Um, so I guess sexual liberation for me is, um, consenting adults can do whatever they want and think about or fantasize about whatever they want. Uh, and um, the government does not force you to have sex or provide sex. I don't know if this is a thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume that there is some wifely duty uh, to provide sex for her husband um, under Sharia law. Um, it's hard. It's hard to describe what sexual liberation is. It's easier to describe what it isn't. Um, So, yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think that's my working that, definition now. So the thing is that like in the opening that if you have this kind of rule that as long as it's consenting adults doing what they want, mm-hmm. that's going to lead to a lot of dysfunction. It's going to lead to um, psychological dysfunction, I, I claim. And there's a lot of research that will justify this. It will also lead to sociological problems like the collapse of marriage. Um, this massive increase in single parent households, uh, massive decrease in uh, or increase in divorce, which can be very traumatic for children. Obviously, um, you have just more a more individualistic, atomized society, and and then that has to be addressed through more top down measures, totalitarian control, where we live in essentially in a surveillance state because people don't have the same kind of organic, um, you know, kindness, willingness to cooperate, willingness to avoid harming others, because they're not related to each other through through like clear biological lineage and larger families. And so the totalitarianism is the result of the, you know, what you described, consenting adults doing whatever they want. But so this is a reason why we wouldn't want to have this kind of um, sexual liberation. You're, you're saying some sort of top-down uh, control is inevitable. So why not just use that top-down control to keep people in marriages and families rather no, no. than to, well, so, so do, one do, of you, the... do you concede that um, in your, your view that the, the society should push people or force people into um, heterosexual marriages, essentially. Like, you're, there's no, not no. really another option. I, I think that heterosexuality, uh, um, pair bonding, these are natural things. Like, it, they they emerge even without, like, a governmental force. And I, I we should distinguish well, also between pre-modern um, governments versus moder- the modern nation state, and especially, you know, the modern surveillance police state, because technology has allowed a, a level of control over people's lives that has never existed in the past. So yeah, in Islam, in Sharia, which I believe mm-hmm. in, uh, and I promote, um, there are these kinds of uh, governmental measures, right? Yes. Like, so that's what, um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Do you concede right. that that is also totalitarian? No, 
because it's something like you can have a system, like you can have a government that's not totalitarian. The government imposes, like every government will impose certain kinds of restrictions, whether we're talking about, you know, Protestant kings or the Catholic church or Chinese uh, sure. Han dynasty. Like there are always going to be some kind of but like government if you, imposition, if you stray, but it's not necessarily totalitarian. But if you have premarital sex or if you have gay sex or do these things that you are labeling as sexual liberation that destroy families and marriages, if you do, you're not allowed to do those things under Sharia law. Yes, but I'm, like, I'm inviting like it's, you it's, to think about, I'm inviting you and, and the audience to consider those restrictions on sex, certain sexual behaviors and promiscuity mm-hmm. as benefiting overall society because yeah, it yeah. maintains I, I can, marriages and, and so forth. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just trying to get you to concede that you're saying we won't need this top-down surveillance state um, because if you just use a top-down more authoritarian approach earlier in the process before the marriage falls apart then you can just kind of hold it together that way but either it's not way top down. it's not top down like it's it's bottom up because this is something that's biological heterosexuality is biological um, well, you can still force someone to do something that is biological like you could force somebody to eat yeah you can incentivize it you can incentivize you can, you can it. force some you can you can put a machete to someone's neck and make them eat a sandwich even I mean, if they're again, hungry you're humans, still forcing them to do it again humans naturally do this you don't need a government like parents well then are, why do you need why do you need sharia law to tell people not to have premarital sex if they're naturally going to do that or to tell women not to leave their husbands if they're like you you you're you're still telling people to do something in, in either case and so i'm willing to concede to you that uh, yeah, families break apart. We don't know whose kids are whose. Then we start to have to implement more surveillance measures, freezing bank accounts, all the stuff you said. That's true. But your 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 proposed alternative also involves telling people what to do. So I'm trying. So, I mean, to... li- you're literally arguing about sexual liberation. The arg- the opposite of liberation is authoritarianism or, or being told what to do, rules and laws. So do you recognize that there's a difference between like humans do have a certain kind of normative or moral attitudes and instincts that they just have naturally. It's not something that an outside force has to impose. And the proof of this is when we look throughout world cultures, there are certain patterns uh, and there are certain universality across cultures that it can't be socially constructed because how did these all these independent cultures arrive at the same practices? Like, for example, okay. valuing but, innocence, valuing purity, uh, looking down and having this kind of um, negative attitude towards promiscuity, cheating in a marriage, or even the institution of marriage itself, which requires certain sexual exclusivity. Why do we see this throughout cultures? It's because there's a biological component. These, these it, things are universal, it, right? It could be. But um, the question I'm asking you is, will you concede that Sharia law uses authoritarianism to hold family units and marriages together? And it sounds no. like you're saying no, you won't concede that. Okay. So no, I, I guess I'll just, so we can move on from that point. Because, because it's I, biological. I, like you, the, I you want can, you, you to but, also acknowledge like you the, can you, you can force someone to do something that they're biologically inclined to do. You can force a hungry person to eat at gunpoint. It doesn't mean you're not forcing them. You can let me just think about it. you can force a hungry person to eat. That's but you, 
You don't have to put the, you don't have to put a gun to the person's head. He will eat. But you can. I don't think you'd call that forcing it. You wouldn't. You're saying you're saying oh. so. If I'm if I'm walking down the street and I see a hot guy, and I think I think oh I would like to have sex with that man, then he pulls out a gun and says bend over. Am I not being raped? No, that's the, you're. Um, that's even a if I, if thought I, even versus if I, an action. You're, you're the example. You no, gave I was already. Was, I was already eating. A, I was a person. I was already going. Food. No, I was already going to have sex with him. I already planned to have sex with him. So I'm, I'm walking over to him to say, hey, do you want to have sex? And then I just as I get there, he pulls out a gun and says, pull down your pants. Even if even if I want to do what I'm doing, I'm still being coerced. I think so that I don't, even, I don't, even I don't know. let's say I concede that I still think that there's okay. less force involved. There's that's, less that's force fine. by Islam on people okay. as opposed to the modern nation state in order to keep people. So I can concede this point that you're making about. Okay. So in your, you're basically saying it's easier to nip it in the bud and just keep the family unit together rather than deal with the fallout of all the complicated, messy stuff that happens if you don't. Yeah, that has happened. Yeah, basically. What has happened okay. in history? Um, do you believe in the concept of a fake, happy marriage? Like, do you think it's possible? So I, I understand that you don't think this is what is happening. But I think to your, your average, you know, Westerner who believes in sexual liberation, we view those marriages held together by... Uh, authority and coercion as fundamentally unhappy, even if the people in the marriage report being happy. We think that if a woman can't leave whenever she wants, that definitionally, that means it can't be a happy marriage because we, there's no way to know if she actually wants to be there. So I think that people's individual like experience of happiness is an important consideration um, in figuring out what moral rules to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are other major considerations as well, um, such as maintaining these kinds of biologically rooted institutions of marriage and family, um, where sometimes you have rules that might uh, limit personal choice or personal pursuit of individual desire or individual happiness in order to further these kinds of broader goals, which are, again, they're biologically rooted and they ultimately lead to, if you want to make it a purely like utilitarian argument or consequentialist argument, you say, ultimately it leads to more people who are happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, you will concede that um, without sexual liberation, women are individually uh, possibly unhappier in their marriages but that even the women in the society will be happier overall because the society will be better yeah i mean the thing is look at this scenario i can imagine a world where um, technology has advanced to such a degree that they can give you drugs where you like are constantly experiencing an orgasm and mm -hmm. and compare the happiness level of people in that society whereas as opposed to today's society or a society that is traditional or 
you know, pre-modern religious society. I think those societies are preferable and better than the constant orgasm society where people are as the happiest that they can possibly be. Would you agree with that? Um, I agree that a society where people are constantly having an orgasm is worse. Uh, orgasm or like just bliss, like just the, yeah, the yeah. maximum level of bliss that you can experience as an individual. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that, uh, that the matrix society. Yeah, I wouldn't want that either. Okay. So then it's just a matter of how far you're going to go and what, what things do you want to preserve that the well, bliss society doesn't have but i don't think god is real i think this is part of um part of the disconnect here is that you believe god is good and you believe god is the red pill but <laughs> i think god I th- pill. right and i think i think god is the blue pill so, so i but think tell me why th- why don't you want the matrix society actually like wh- what was the problem with it? Because it's not real. And because um, there's no, there's no struggle. There's nothing to do. Um, I, but it's maximum me- happiness. Like, why do you need to do something? It's like, ma- happy, you can happiness. do stuff. You can do stuff, but you're just in a constant state of euphoria. Like you can do, you can live however you want, but it's just a constant state of euphoria. You, you won't be necessarily motivated to, but this is the same. It's the same reason. Interact with religious. people. The same reason I'm not religious. Cause I what don't, do you, what do you mean it. by that? I don't believe no, it's, it. I don't, it's, I don't think yeah, it's, it's a thought experiment. It's... it's a thought experiment to see like, well, I know, but it would be, understand... the thought, the, yeah, the experiment would be, do I want to have bliss that is not connected to anything outside of my, my own delusion? So, so you're acknowledging like there's an inherent value to reality. Yes. yes. That, that is like, that's, it's not religious, but that is a metaphysical claim, right? That to say that reality has some value. Well, what is no, that value? I'm not even saying it has an a objective value. I'm saying I, I value it. And that's what same, same reason I don't Why? drink or do drugs. Why? I don't drink or I don't drink or do any drugs for this reason, because I don't want to feel feelings that are completely unconnected to uh, essentially other people or. Um, but you see the analogy here, right? Like I also yep. am saying in my argument that marriage also has a value and it's some, a value that transcends an individual's happiness or bliss. Yes. I understand. So you see the analogy? Yes, I do see the analogy, but it's not, a, see... I didn't bring God into it, right? A non-religious person could make the same argument. Um, yes. But do you see my counter analogy in that a marriage that looks happy and feels happy if it's held together by the woman being unable to leave might not be real to me. If, 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 if I'm looking at, uh, if I'm looking at Shaylin, my girlfriend, we're looking in each other's eyes. And if I know in the back of my mind, um, you, you can't afford to leave. You won't have the support of the community. If you leave, you could be punished physically if you leave and shunned forever and never have another shot. You might not be able to get a job in our society. Um, all those I, things to, to me, to me undermine the reality of the relationship. It makes it feel like it's not, it's not real. You don't, I don't know if you love me or if you're scared of them. 
Right, so I don't know if you're having sex with me because you want to or because you have to. No, like, so I think that you're trying to characterize like Islamic law. So there are a lot of details. Um, it's not the case that a, a woman who is really not happy in her marriage, like there's, she has no recourse. That's not true. She can leave like under certain circumstances. Under, okay. Okay. But what if I'm not in those certain circumstances? What if, what if um, she's just not attracted to me anymore? Can she leave? Again, there are circumstances she can offer, you know, I need you to answer uh, this. Yes, she, she can leave. Yes, she can. She, she can offer the dowry or what, and, if, and if I say no, say does no, she have a, then... does she have a unilateral ability to just leave if she doesn't want to be with me anymore? I'm of the position that that's not uh, allowed in Sharia. Some have disagreed I, well, with me. Okay, so let's. I just want to go with your position because I don't know anything about it. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming I'm, I, I've heard you say before that you can't just leave because you feel like it, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm with my let's say Shailen and I get married and she's my wife, I'm, I'm looking in her eyes. It could be that she doesn't want to be with me. She just doesn't feel like it anymore. And in your view, she can't. She can't leave. Also, I, I'm and I'm my making girlfriend. This up. No, no, no. Oh, we're, we're married. Married. Let's, okay. let's say we're married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, is she obligated to provide sex for me? Um, yeah, she's obligated. And you're also obligated as her husband to provide shelter and food, like sure, regardless sure. of whether you want to I, or not. So I, there I are just duties. There are, well, I just want to make sure the duty. audience under, understands like okay. what we're talking about. If she, right? does not, if she does not provide sex for me, am I at some point after chastising her for this, am I allowed to hit her for that? Um, are you allowed to hit her if she refuses to have so, sex? So, like, her? you can, after a certain point, um, yes. you can't force her. You can't like grab her and attack her. And but I can, I can slap her. No, you can't. What can I do? Yeah, you can. You can. How am I allowed to hit her? You can, um, for example, uh, spank her. Okay, I can live with that. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, have you looked at? Have you watched American films where you see all kinds of depictions of spanking of women who act in a certain? I have uh, have seen. I don't know if we're talking about the same films, but I have seen some depictions of spanking of women. No, I'm talking about classic Hollywood. I'm talking about look at what John Wayne does in some of his movies. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It's like that. I I I understand. Okay, so so depicted in in Hollywood. Okay, so to tie together my reverse analogy, Mm -hmm. this sounds like a paradise for men. I can marry a woman. I, or a girl. I can marry if if she has hit puberty. I can marry an eleven year old. I can finally marry one of the cuties. Uh, she is obligated to provide sex for me. I can hit her or, or spank her if she does not. Um, she can't leave because she feels like it. She has to provide a argument to some authority if she wants to leave. And um, you're saying you're not bringing God into it, but there the 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 laws that were. F- following are all said to have been written by a prophet or or come from god mm-hmm. so to me that's the blue pill that's the paradise that's the happiness i can do whatever i want i can i can have sex whenever i want and i, I assume if i want to leave her that i can right 
No. How, how is this like a paradise? Like you have to, it's a paradise for to, men. to get married. No, to get married, you are obligated to provide a dowry. You have to get approval of a family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her those family are, to the, get married. Those, you have I understand to, those, are, those are the no, downside. You have to, yeah. I, these I, are, I, well, you're not mentioning these. So you, you talked for a while. Let me respond to this kind of caricature that you've painted for your audience. Like all of these things that you find within Islam and Muslim societies First of all, they're universal, by the way. Like these okay, are universal we, do, values. Before, no, no, before, don't you interrupt, don't before you start, will you acknowledge that everything I said would be would be allowed? Um, yes. And my last I, question, my last question, <laughs> well, I, can I can I leave her whenever I want? Is that true? Because I said that, but I don't know if it's true. Leave her whenever you want. If I don't, yes, if you I'm can not, divorce. You can, I can, I can divorce. I can just, I have, I have unilateral right to just say, I'm done with you with the blonde one. I'm done with blonde one from cuties. I'm done with you. I'm moving on. Yeah, but you have a responsibility You're towards too old. the children. Okay, you have sure. to, you'd have custody I just, of the children. Okay. And you'd okay, be so financially I'm, responsible for that. Okay. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you should agree with me. I'm more trying to provide you the Western liberal perspective of why what you're saying that sounds like the matrix society where everything is fake and everyone's lying about what's happening to provide men with euphoria how is this euphoric like i told you you ignored all of the responsibilities that men have all of the duties that you have look like imagine you're a ditch digger and yeah. you have to go and every day from um, dawn till dusk dig ditches why you have no other choice because you're married you have to provide for your uh, wife maybe wives maybe you have multiple wives your children and you can't opt out of that like you can't opt out of that manual labor for the rest of your life this is like paradise in, according to your definition like islam obligates Multiple, all the cuties i can marry all the cuties listen Let's go. Let's go through your. I want to go through your. No, no, uh, you're interrupting me. Let me. Let me give okay, you a counter okay. argument. Like you've talked sure. for a while now, so let me I respond. Have. So the thing is that these are duties on both sides, uh, husband and wife, and duties require toil. They require work. So you can't just give this kind of feminist portrayal of what Islam is just a you know, oppression of women and men are living in a paradise of pleasure. That's just a, that's an orientalist depiction of what Islam is. Yes, you have certain rights and duties that are not the same for men and women because the genders are different. Um, but uh, there are, and an, a, a, uh, there's parity to a certain extent between the amount of toil and responsibility and duties that each gender has. And this is not just Islam's conception of marriage. It's not just Islam's conception of family. You find a lot of parallels within Christianity, within Judaism, especially when you look at pre-modern, pre-enlightenment um, religions. It's You find parallels in Hinduism and Buddhism. You find parallels in all of these pre-modern societies. It's only within the modern period uh, where this kind, partly due to technology, where this kind of sexual liberation has proliferated. The kind of sexual liberation that you're um, advocating for uh, would allow, for example, a husband, he knocks some woman up 
and he uh, is able to just go and live his own life. He doesn't have a responsibility to provide for his children. He doesn't have a responsibility to provide for the person that he knocked up because there's no commitment. There's no marriage that is tying him uh, to the reproductive act. You, this, this leads to a kind of dystopia. Why? Because then that single mother is having to raise that child on her own. She depends on the welfare state to provide and children who are born and who are raised in these single parent households, they are more likely, far more likely to suffer from mental disorders. They're more likely to drop out of school. They're more likely to get into drugs. They're more likely to fall into crime. They're more likely to be on antidepressants, to be alcoholics and on and on and on. All of these kinds of um, social problems are on the rise because of single motherhood. And this is not like um, you can read Freakonomics. That was a best-selling book that was talking that talks about all of these uh, problems that come from single parenthood. So this is the kind of world. And then what what does the rest of society have to do? The rest of society has to pay tax money to this massive bureaucratic surveillance police state to manage all of the increase in crime, mental dysfunction, uh, unemployment that is caused because of sexual liberation. That's like, just go and look up videos of uh, Philadelphia, downtown Philadelphia, downtown Chicago, the slums of New York, and all of these major cities full of sexual liberation, by the way. But you have all of this, all of these social problems that are rotting away at modern civilization. And I don't know why you're not willing to acknowledge the link between sexual liberation and all of these social ills. This I is a am, massive, this I'm, is a I'm, massive I'm blue pill. I'm happy to acknowledge the link between um, between those two. My problem is that the alternative is worse. And so again, like it's not that it's not that I, I, I as a feminist like seeing single mothers um, and uh, you know, people being poor and whatever other problems you're talking about. It's that I don't think that forcing women, into what I view as essentially sex slavery is uh, I think that's worse. That's so not, I agree. I agree but that's a, that's a straw man. Islam does not, first of all, okay. Islam does not have this kind well, of I, idea I that you're portraying us, but, but here's I, I view it as sex slavery. Fine. Put Islam aside, put Islam aside. What is your okay. solution to these problems? Is it, um, you know, cutting or limiting sexual liberty, or do you have some other solution? Okay. They're fr- I don't agree with your framing of them as problems is the thing. So like, imagine, imagine a society that is even more restrictive and more fundamentalist than uh, the one that you're uh, than, than Sharia law. So let's say, let's say I start a religion where I'm like, you Muslims, you're all you're the you're the perverted weirdos you you are the sexually liberated ones so i have a society where you have to wear like a special device that prevents you from thinking about sex unless you you get permission or, or like a device on your on your uh genitals that prevents them from getting aroused unless you get permission from like the elders and the tribe 
and if and if you don't have this device, then the only reason you know you, you must be some kind of heathen or, or pervert. Basically, if 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 you could lock down everything and force people to conform to religious law one hundred percent without even being able to deviate in any way, I think at some point you would be like, well, um, some some amount of freedom to be able to break the law, even if it's not good to break the law, even if you're going to be punished for it, we still need some sort of autonomy. Yeah, I completely so, agree. I, my whole argument is against it's, it's, totalitarian so it's really control. A, yeah, so it's really about how much autonomy. Like you have, no, no. I, so, I completely so, value. I completely value. Uh, value right, so, but, but autonomy. Me, Islam values autonomy, but I know, but it can't them, be unrestricted. For, and that's why I'm asking you: What are the restrictions on like, autonomy? You and you're not answering okay, you that question. So, so like, if a woman, if women were chained up all, at all times. Let's say let's say let's say I make a new religion and I say women have to have a chain around their necks at all times. This holds families together. This force this prevents uh, adultery. This prevents straying. This eventually the woman will even forget what the outside of the house looks like. So she's not going to leave. And if she wants to leave, like you know, blah blah. And uh, no 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 no. If you if you make a special appeal, maybe we'll let you off your chain. But essentially, someone else is holding the key. I think you would agree that. Yeah, I would. That would, that, uh, but that would be going. That would be going too far. Okay, just that hold, doesn't just cause a me, problem let me, for let me, my position, just, though. That's... Just let me let, let me get let me get through this. Go ahead. I'm not trying to cause a problem for your position. Your your position is valid. I just don't like it. I'm trying to explain why I don't like it. I I, I understand that your position is internally consistent. I'm not I'm not trying to attack it or say that um, even that you're wrong. I'm saying that it's a matter of preference, and I want to just explain why this is my preference. And I want to explain how you sound to me from my perspective. So imagine but some. Ima- before you finish, can I just yeah. say immediately with these thought experiments and examples that yeah. you're giving, they're yeah. not tied to human biology. The restrictions that I mentioned are, do have a connection to human biology that are, that are universal. That's, that's a fundamental difference why these examples you're giving are disanalogous. Like people naturally that, want to move fine. around. You can't chain them. Uh, well, people, and, and humans, have, humans, functional. <laughs> humans have been chaining each other up for a long time. Maybe there's not a biological imperative to put a chain around somebody else's neck, but maybe there is. I don't know. It, it is. It happens across cultures. Well, you, you characterize marriage as slavery. Like you characterize That's marriage fine. as like putting a, a chain around someone's neck. That's completely wanna, disanalogous. Like marriage, I, pair bonding is something that is organic, biologically rooted. That's something that women want to do. Women want to be taken well, but care it's also of. Something that, but you're, that you're also saying it to them sexually. Like that's, you're also, these are you're biological saying, realities. You're saying that's something women want to do on a species level, but on an individual level, they might have to be forced. Sometimes. No, Islam or doesn't restricted. force, Restri- Islam doesn't it, force women to get married. Like if you want to be it sexually active, from- if you want to be sexually active in Islam, it has to be within a marriage because but it, you, if but you they're don't obligated, do that, if they're you don't obligated do that, by, they're obligated by religious law to provide sex and sex is the most biologically reinforced behavior there is. But sometimes you have to force someone if you want to have sex with them. If you want to guarantee you're going to have sex, you, you with have them to force people. You, you have to force people to pay child support. You have to force people to absolutely. If they I'm don't, saying, if, they, if a mother doesn't bad. take care I'm, of her child, I'm, she has I'm, to be I'm forced res- to do that. Like, I'm responding to your, your biological. Your your, I'm responding to your biologically motivated argument by saying that even Sharia law tells people that they have to do things that they're very biologically motivated to do, like have sex. That sometimes, yeah, that's people what, don't why want, it's more okay, rational. 
That's why it's more yeah. rational. It's, it's, okay. it's okay. So, getting people to do things. It's incentivizing behaviors that are biological. Like you as a person might not consciously realize mm -hmm. why a certain um, way of life is going to make you happier. And, and so you might not choose it. You might not prefer okay. that way uh, of sure. life. I agree with that. So, so your own personal happiness actually needs you're, to be you're set actually aside. not yeah it needs okay. to be set aside and that's the whole point of revelation like there's guidance yes, from god but, who has created us who sets that's us a bit of a kind a, of model for life it's not a restrictive like we're going to chain your neck to a heater that, in a but basement that's a bit of a, or dungeon that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a oh. stretch to say that a behavior that does not make the individual happy but is for the betterment of society to still call that biologically motivated i did not I don't, say that I I, okay some people but, can be unhappy, but the majority of people will be happy. The majority of people in these kinds of marriages, as defined by Islam, will be happier than the they, kinds they, of marriages that and then the kind of marriages or casual relationships that exist in the sexually liberated West. I'll, I'll make that ah, but there's uh, more, empirical there's, claim. But there's more to life than happiness and bliss. No, I know. I, so even even that even so they will be they will be happier, but they will be less free. And anytime yes. you put me, <laughs> how's anytime that bad you, thing? Anytime you put me at the well, I'm telling you, this is this is my answer to the, the debate title is anytime I have to choose between happiness and freedom, I'm going to choose freedom. To me, so you acknowledge me, that you, it's going to make. It's going to make you personally unhappy. It potentially will make you unhappier. It potentially will destroy society. Like we're all going to basically become these atomized individuals, drug addicts who are stuck, no, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't in our basements watching I don't, Netflix, I just, whether no, it's like I, cuties I, or I VR or whatever. Yeah. Like that's that's or the both. kind of society or both. That's the kind of society that there's a lot of freedom in that society. But I think most yes. people would find that horrifying. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but I want to, I want to walk you through my now. You don't, no, but no answer. Do you think most people would find that horrifying? If most people find it horrifying, then we probably won't do it. No, but so, just like, do you think, like, I, 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 I want to know how, of, like how in think, touch think, you are with, with how people around the world actually feel about this topic? Well, I think, I think part of what your art, what, what you're horrified by is that people aren't horrified. So I don't. No, they are. The majority of people are horrified. It's like a very small segment of Western educated people who have this harm principle as the end all be all of morality because they've been indoctrinated basically to accept that as the, you know, the okay. only thing that matters. Everybody, morally. everybody, everyone outside of everybody's that. indoctrinated. No, it's, it's a small percentage. Like we can talk to numbers. Every, everybody's indoctrinated with something. No, oh, on, the man. things that I'm describing yeah. are natural. Like this is, uni that's why no, universal. You, people are born up, like that. You grew up in Texas, but you think that, that it's okay for society to execute gay people if they have sex. You're indoctrinated just like I am. We're just it's not just Muslim. Look at the majority of cultures and religions. You'll find yeah, most, people I'm agree with that position. Everybody, every, the so only how reason... is everyone indoctrinated except like a small <laughs> minority? No, I'm, I'm. I agree. I'm indoctrinated. I'm just saying you are too. I can. I can connect all of these kinds of so values that you want to. No, you can't. You can't connect homosexuality to a natural instinct that people have. You can't connect like uh, furries <laughs> to a natural instinct that people have. 
why not? People, people play, people imitate, people see animals, they imitate animals, they dress up as animals, they want to have sex, so they have sex. That's a pretty easy one. So bestiality, like you're saying bestiality is natural, like being attracted and turned on by animals is something natural to human beings. Um, you're saying that, and you think that cave people did never had sex with animals? Yeah, no, no, you stop changing the question. A answer the question. Like, do you think it's natural to be attracted to animals? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's it, that's there's no like mental dysfunction with being. Uh, mental dysfunctions can be naturally occurring. I don't, I don't think I don't I don't I don't agree that that means it's not it's unnatural to have a mental dysfunction. So mental dysfunction. What about necrophilia? Like, is that so? With the check, the chicken example that I gave, you you don't find any moral problem with it, obviously. But what about like? I don't agree. I don't equate disgust to immorality. But I want to walk you through my. I want it, I want to explain this, and I'm not. I'm not saying this to tell you that you're wrong. I'm saying this to tell you how you sound to me. I want you to picture that I start a new religion. And in my new religion, women have to have a chain around their neck at all times and have to remain in the home. You have to concede that this would re remove all instances of adultery. It would force marriages to stay together as, friend, as long as the man is satisfied. It would, it would solve any remaining problems that fundamentalist societies have. Oh, and you, yeah, you mentioned Judaism and Christianity. I'm, I don't, I have nothing against Islam specifically. My, my, uh, I, I lived in, um, or worked in Beverly Hills for many years and I was, uh, friends with a lot of, uh, Persian Jews there. And I was absolutely horrified by their, uh, their society. Even in LA, I was, uh, constantly, um, trying to sexually liberate them. I did my best. They're pretty sexually liberated, right? <laughs> I didn't understand what you mean by that. Um, but anyway, continue, no, with, continue with your example. Not, re Sorry. not really. Yeah, okay. Not to my liking. Uh, so in this, in this super fundamentalist society where we don't just tell people you have to follow the rules, we make them follow the rules with, by whatever means are necessary. You, you can imagine your response to that being like, well, yeah. You're following the rules. All there's no such thing as divorce anymore at all. Families are kept together. Everything is um, on paper perfect, but there's a level of oversight and force being used that I'm not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable with it either. Right? No, no. I'm saying that would be your reaction to that to to a super uh, 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 a society that basically enslaves its women literally. And tells them you have to follow the rules. You at, at, there's a point at which which you and, and and Muslims across the world and fundamentalist religious people across the world would be like, well, you, now you've gone too far. Yes, the rules are being followed, but um, it's too much. The people need a certain level of autonomy, and it's the same reason we don't put a like a limiter on your car to make it so you can't go over the speed limit. There's just a certain amount of freedom, even if we're going to punish people for exercising it, that we want to give people. So to me, while I agree that it would be nice if everybody were married in, in family units, um, I, don't, I don't care if they're heterosexual marriages, but it would be nice if there were family units, that um, children always had parents, there was always food on the table, 
the father always cared about the children and, and, you know, felt that his, his life's duty is to toil for those children and provide food and shelter. And, um, if, if women always wanted to have sex and were available for sex, I mean, yeah. Um, all of that sounds great, but to the, to the feminist, the metaphorical chain around the neck that provides that is unacceptable. And, and the expectations of men do not even it out. So do you think that um, husbands being provide, uh, being required to provide child support is slavery? Because sometimes the, it's 20 no. years of child support. How is that not slavery? I think that when you have unprotected sex or try to have protected sex and fail, you have an obligation to the uh, person that is born out of that. So that is a restriction, right? That is a yes. restriction I'm not of a, freedom. I, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but you just and said there, that you just said that if there's a, a situation where freedom is limited, you consider that essentially slavery because the, the th- kinds no, of restrictions no, no, no. I'm so, talking so, about no, within I, I Islam or traditional. So Islam and traditional religion, they have laws they, and these are the things absolutely. that restrict personal I, freedom, but you're characterizing not, those as slavery. Yeah. But, the, but these I, other things, like some, some formula that you gave, you consent to okay. consensual sex. Therefore, like, where okay. is that coming from? Who, why I mean, you can imagine, you can imagine, you can imagine a spectrum from there are no laws at all and everybody can literally do whatever they want at all times with no repercussions no government total anarchy to um slavery the, yeah, the, we're both uh, the, in uh, the, between the, that we're both in yes, between absolutely i agree i don't i don't think it is literally slavery i'm saying from where i want to be on the freedom oversight spectrum what you're describing sounds like slavery for women and a paradise for men I just explain how that's not the case. Like you have all these obligations that men have. Remember the ditch digging, the poor guy who has to dig dig ditches. Like that's the reality actually for the, for most of men in society, that was the reality. They couldn't like sit in a nice cushy condition apartment and twit, you know, stream Twitch or Twitch on stream on Twitch or like me have a YouTube channel and just live a cozy life. You have to actually go and, toil sometimes you have to be you're conscripted into the army and you'll literally have to die for your family and for your society we have we have what is this like amazing what is this amazing utopia for men that you're describing like i don't understand and and then you have you registered for the draft in the united states so you can also be conscripted and also as you pointed out yourself with that that you're you're making claims about one culture that are the same in both cultures you have to dig ditches there you know if you're a ditch digger here you have a kid and you get surveilled by the the government and they decide that you have to pay child support you're going to dig ditches here too yeah so that how can you agree with those kinds of restrictions on men like being required to pay child support being required Mm -hmm. to provide um, basically at threat of being thrown in prison. Okay. If you miss the child support, you agree with that. I, I can, as, I can, as that's not slavery, but then you have a problem yes. like with Islamic marriage requirements. And why are you focusing yeah, so, on like that? One because, thing. because each of us, each of us has a line past which we say, you know what? That sounds like slavery to me. 
Okay, yeah, and you're I've, you're I've you're explained line, why. Like the difference. I can explain. I can explain. The difference between me and you is that I've pointed to how the kind of line that you've drawn leads to all kinds of societal dysfunction. Well, that's and a reverse disaster, chaos, but that's, and totalitarianism. But, that's what your line. Leads but that's backwards. To. That's the problem. That's a backwards way of constructing your definition of slavery. My definition of slavery is based on how are people being treated, not what happens if we don't treat them that way. So from that perspective, both of us have a line that we won't cross, that you even you will acknowledge that there is a certain amount of authoritarianism and lack of autonomy that you're not comfortable with, even if it makes people follow the law. For me, that line is um, you can't have the government telling women that they have to have sex. You can't. What you government can't have says the, that? That's not in Islam. You're strong you have to have in sex Islam. with you have to have sex with your husband. You don't have to get married. If you get married, if you yes, choose, if you, get, okay. if you willingly choose to get married, you're, then there are obligations <laughs> that come with that. Okay, but there's no just, obligation in Islam, listen, in Islam to get you, married. I don't think we should be trying to convince each other to agree with each other's views. There's absolutely no way that you are going to come out of this conversation th being any more like me, and I'm not going to come out of it being any more like you. I'm not you. trying All to convince you. I'm not trying well, to convince stop you. Well, then stop arguing with me. No, I'm, just trying to, hear, just, I'm trying to respond to the things that you're actually saying. I want you to understand that the distinction you're making between society, a, a government forcing women to have sex or forcing women to have sex with their husband or forcing them to have sex with their husbands, which to you're you, fine, you think you're fine with which, forcing husbands which, to provide listen, child listen, support. Will you, will you, will you listen to me for a second? Sure. You're sure. making a huge distinction between these two as though they're going to strike me as very different. They're exactly the same. I have no emotional response. There's, there's nothing different to me as being forced to have sex with your neighbor and being forced to have sex with your husband because as you pointed out, I am a liberal feminist. That's just, so just how I, a, that's just how I think. So, so no, the government, the government, the government can force you to pay for kids that you've had to me. Yes. It's not slavery. The government can force you to have sex with your spouse to me is slavery. That's just where I draw the line. And I'm it, not going to be able to, it may it not make like, sense. It, it, it may not make like, the the psychological toll could be much worse like it could be it, it's like you're, absolutely you're appealing the, the psychological kind of, you're appealing to something metaphysical without any kind of justification rational empirical or otherwise like why well, why is there a distinction here is it because of some kind of harm like the woman is more no, greatly no. harmed okay it's not in terms no. of harm so then what is, is this, the distinction between the husband being required to provide child support and mm -hmm. all of those financial duties that he is uh, that he has to do I understand the question. Versus, yeah, okay, then I what's the difference? I, I, what's the difference? The difference is the same difference between uh, the same the same way that necrophilia just horrifies you. Even if there were not a specific rule against it in the Quran, you would still not be in favor of people practicing necrophilia. Um well, it's not that's, that's not true because there is a victim when you're when you're uh, being raped by your husband. Um, you're a victim if you're being forced to pay yes. child support. You're being raped uh, because <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're a, being raped by you know. You might have to go to a job where you're also being physically 
I think past. I, th I, th <laughs> I think I think we're just coming down to a fundamental belief that I believe that coerced or forced sex, even with your husband, is just unex an unacceptable thing to have happen in society. I don't. It's just rape, and I don't. I don't so have a. So you're, you're don't have you have a problem with how you define rape? But forced I, labor, you're okay with. You're okay with forced labor. I'm okay with debt, and I, I'm okay <laughs> no, it's with forced this labor. You have to also, pay, pay child support. Otherwise, you will be put in prison. So that's are you, forced labor. Are you again, so that means you you're for slavery. You're pro slavery then? Are you trying to understand me? Yeah, I am. I don't I'm think deeply, you are. I think, I, I think no, I deeply I, I think, want to understand how you make this distinction. You are, fi you are fine with forced labor. I think that's I, called slavery. I'm, I, but you're I'm not fine I, with I, 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 listen, marriage. If you, if sex you were and not, marriage. If you did not grow up in Texas. Mm-hmm then I would believe what you're saying. But if you are making the claim that you don't understand, you literally don't understand why Americans on average have a different emotional reaction to being told you have to have sex with your husband versus you have to pay child support for your kids. If you are genuinely saying that you don't understand why I feel differently, about, and I can, I can try to explain it to you, but not while you're like um, doing no, explain whatever it. it is. You're explain it. In America, legally and morally and ethically, you know, because you're an American, like it or not, you know that that is defined as rape. Uh, is it? Like, it, I think it depends on the state. And I think it depends on no, new you laws. You... I don't think that's historically been the case. Histor historically, I think in like 1982. Um, Became, because you think like you think it that, became illegal to rape your wife in the 80s so you can be so if, you can be charged with rape for forcing your spouse to have sex what what do you mean by force like force does that mean like she just prefers not to and are you that, are you pretending I, that you're not american like i know no, that i just want to know the history I, of the law i just want to know i the know history. i because I know there's a, i know we're on definitions know, you know, of consent you're a feminist right so you understand how definitions of consent have evolved over uh, American history, right? And the different waves you, of history. I need you to, what, I need you to stop. Feminism. I need you to stop pretending you don't understand American liberalism. No, I understand it very well. I know you do. So when you say, well, what's the difference between having to pay child support and having to fuck your husband? Where, oh, I swore. But having to pay child support and having to have sex with your husband whenever, whenever he wants, you know the difference. I know the difference I know in American you know, law, but I'm trying you know to understand the, but the you, moral you, but basis you're saying, for the difference. You're saying you genuinely don't understand American psychology enough to understand why that just feels different to me? So I, I, it doesn't really matter to me like how you personally feel about it, whether it's because of your cultural upbringing or your feminism or liberalism or, what, or whatever. I'm trying to I, analyze. I I'm trying to analyze the underlying moral logic that's what I'm trying to understand. That's fine. Max. We can do I, I we can do that, but you have to ex, you have to first accept that this is how I feel. You know this is how I feel. And no, you, I probably, acknowledge, you probably I acknowledge you probably know feelings. why. Look, like me, okay. like with me, okay, I also uh, at one point was a feminist. I also was very liberal, Harvard educated, going through American society. I <laughs> would probably agree with many of your views. But then I was confronted with the fact that many of these liberal views are logically contradictory, or they are 
very uh, idiosyncratic compared to the way that most people understand in the world, present and throughout history, most people understand morality. So I was confronted with this and I had to reflect, okay, maybe the way that I personally feel is not correct. Maybe I have to explore this and try to be self-critical to come to a rationally consistent position. So I went through okay. that and I think sure. that's very healthy. Everyone, you want me, you want me to, go I'm sure you've gone. Well. I'm sure you have gone through that. I'm, I'm sure I you have, have gone I, through I, that I came out. with different issues. So I just want <laughs> to have that kind of discussion about right. this particular issue. Okay. So two minutes left. Um, till Q&A. I, Okay, so in one minute. Um, uh, I don't agree with your uh, kind of baseline argument that women need to be told what's best for them. I think that is anti-woman, anti Define woman. XX. Uh, that's not a gotcha for you, right? <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Or or has has a vagina or whatever. Okay. But I'm I'm saying uh, girls and women, mm-hmm. um, as they as they hit puberty and and become adults, I don't believe that for society's sake they need to be told what's best for them. They need to be told when they should have sex, when they should who they should marry, or when they should not be able to leave the marriage or whatever else. Um. I don't agree with that. I agree. And I don't even agree that they will be happier if you force them to. I think they will say they are happier because um, essentially there is a chain around their neck. And so, and any sex that is had in that situation, I think is rape. And in a way I'm saying that all sex in all fundamentalist religious societies, even if it appears consensual in the, in, in the moment is to me rape. It's all rape because uh, I don't. Can women vote? Right, so women, can that's can over women a minute. Vote? That's over a minute. So the well, my last about, question is: Could could women vote to change these rules? So that's over a minute. The thing is that you recognize that within feminist theory, there are feminists who say that there is no such thing as consensual heterosexual sex. It's all rape because of the power disparity within society in our patriarchal societies with men in power over women, that women cannot meaningfully consent to any kind of heterosexual behavior. And therefore all uh, heterosexual behavior within Western society today is considered rape. So it seems like your logic is along those lines. Anytime a man has sex with a woman would be considered rape under your, uh, the way that you've defined sexual liberation. So, I mean, there's another point that I want to make actually, like you believe like this is a separate from everything that we've discussed, like sexual liberation, um, can be compared to like free market capitalism, free market capitalism, I'm not a proponent of, I'm not a fan of, I think it leads to a lot of wealth disparity. It leads to a lot of injustice and you have the 1% dominating all the wealth in the world at the expense of poverty for everyone else, basically poverty and suffering. So free market capitalism, bad, but sexual liberation actually does the same thing because you have certain percentage of the most attractive men who will monopolize sex with most women, people in the 1%, <laughs> such as Max himself. So, well, yeah, I don't want to say anything. Right. So, but you would, I, I think that people who have this opposition to free market capitalism and prefer some kind of 
whether we want to call it socialism or redistribution of wealth to in order to increase equality, um, they should have to be a consistent. Redistribution they have, of, of women. Not redistribution in sense of like, yeah, here's, you know, prostitutes for everyone. Uh, that could be like a solution that uh, the West might take up. But you could also impose like certain kinds of rules, like you have to be married, you have a limitation on the number of sexual partners, because there's sexual exclusivity in marriage, things like that is a type of redistribution of sex in society. So, so redistribution of, of women as a commodity, but in, in a sexually liberated society, no. men are also men are also a commodity. Sexes mm. is is provided by both sexes. We, yeah. So I mean, isn't that isn't that a more just system as opposed to the sexual liberation that you've been advocating? Uh no, because I I still think it's all rape. <laughs> But again, that's just my definition. I'm not. I'm not saying you're like objectively wrong. It's just. Um, you are saying that. <laughs> no, it's just. I just see things differently from you. That's all. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm not saying that your positions are not internally consistent. I. I believe that they are for the most part. I just don't. I just don't like it. Is what it comes down to. I just don't want it. Okay, I can live with that as long as I'm being consistent and rational. But I mean, I can't return the statement though i don't think you're being consistent i think that you didn't really distinguish how forced labor for men is how somehow which is essentially slavery how is somehow well, would you rather for, would you rather be forced would you rather be forced to dig a ditch or to have sex with somebody you don't want to have sex with no if you're if i marry someone i recognize that just like any kind of contract you, like i make you, a contract with you to mow your lawn every week mm-hmm. And then some days I just don't want to mow your lawn, but the contract mm-hmm. is there. If I don't meet the contract, so in, so in the you can sue me. And if I don't, and if I don't pay up, I can be put in prison. And if I don't, okay. if I refuse so in the, to in the, with in the police, hypothetical, I can be shot dead. So I'm being, I'm being forced in, to abide I, by the I get contract what I make. No, no, you I keep interrupting you. me. Like, let because me I get, because, because you're changing the subject. In I the hypothetical, never let you guys get you've, into you've, this topic. You've signed, you've signed two, you've signed two contracts. One is a marriage contract. And one is a mowing the lawn contract. Um, do you want to, if you if you had a get out of jail card for one of them, so you can either spend a year mowing the lawn you don't want to mow, or you can spend a year having sex with somebody every night that you don't want to have sex with anymore. You find them unattractive, you hate them. Which contract would you rather get out of? I mean, I'd have to think about it, but they're both coercive. That's my point. I'm saying, would you rather do coerced labor or coerce or coerce sex? Which do you think? Which do you think would impact you more negatively? I think that it would be the coerced labor. <laughs> okay. We can jump into the Q and A. Do want to say, folks, our guests are linked in the description. We highly encourage you. You can hear plenty more where that came from, as we really do appreciate our guests. And that includes at the podcast. We put our guest links in the description box there, too, if you're listening via podcast. This one coming in from Orthodox Chad. Thanks for your question. Says, I'm an Orthodox Christian, but Daniel looks like a Chad right now. And Can Fight says, why is Daniel against the welfare state when one of the pillars of Islam is zakat, let me know if I pronounce this right, or almsgiving? Shouldn't he support giving to the needy? Yeah, I absolutely support giving to the needy. It's uh, something that is required within Islam. 
And, but that's not equivalent to the welfare state. Like when you take zakat, for example, it is just, it's not an income tax. It's, you have to pay 2.5% of your excess wealth. So like if you have $100,000 in your bank account, then you pay 2.5% of that after a year, like it's money after your expenses. So it's like a wealth tax in a way. And that goes straight to the needy and the poor and the orphans, as opposed to being taxed 40% of your income or even more in, in certain socialist states. I think that is a more uh, totalitarian and a more coercive, all-encompassing kind of uh, tax on people compared to zakat so it's not an either or issue this one coming in from 20 faces this is for you mr girl they say what is our sexuality meant to be liberated from and what are the boundaries of this liberation just the harm principle from daniel hakikachu gotcha meant to be liberated from i i uh Uh, yeah, just just uh, authoritarianism and um, government overreach into the bedroom. Gotcha. Man, this one coming in from Anomic Anomic says, Mr. Girl, do you think, quote, do what thou wilt is a good standard? Any idea who came up with that idea? Said, and then said, Daniel, I'm no Muslim, but as a Catholic, I'd rather said I, I find you persuasive. Um. No, I don't think it's a good standard. I think there, there needs to be more nuance there. As I said, that there, I'm not, I, I think it's a bit of a straw man to say that if if you're against um, slapping a woman who won't have sex with her husband and that being okay, then surely you're okay with bestiality spanking. and necrophilia. So spanking, sorry, spanking a woman because she won't have sex with you, um, and co basically coercing her into sex, and she's not allowed to leave and she's not allowed to vote and all this other stuff to say that that must mean that I'm okay with necrophilia and bestiality and incest is preposterous. There is a big, big, uh, gray area, uh, in between those two. And, but why? Um, and I understand, I understand you're making the slippery slope argument. I just, I just think you're wrong. I, I should also just add, we can res like respond to answers, right? So, sure. uh, Islam also forces men to have sex with their wives, right? Because but the men can, but the men can unilaterally leave. The, no, they can't the, leave the, because the marriage they they can but it's it's more complicated because but if they, they leave them if they leave the marriage they have uh -huh. to pay another dowry and if they can't afford another dowry then they will not be able to access sex at all so okay. it is a coerced situation where they have to have a certain amount of sex with their wives and their wives can demand it and if they don't provide it the women mm -hmm. can uh, div divorce the husband so it's actually a two-way street this one coming in from Anomic Anomic as well says, just doing it because it feels good isn't true in any context. Eating, even exercising, out of moderation, or I think they mean beyond moderation, is harmful. Is sex immune from this? No, you can get addicted to sex uh, just like anything else. It's, uh, no, I, I, I agree with uh, Daniel here that uh, if your use of sex or pornography is... It, it can, of course, get uh, obsessive to the point where it's disrupting your life. You got it. This one coming in from Chris G. Thanks for your question. Says, 
You say sexual liberation is harmful. Repressing your sexuality can be remarkably dangerous and harmful, Daniel. Suicide rates show this. No middle ground? No, I, I agree that, um, and I said it throughout the debate, that uh, Islam promotes healthy sexuality. You're not supposed to repress your sexuality, um, but it has to be channeled through marriage uh, because unrestrained sexuality leads to uh, a lot of spiritual problems, um, blackens the soul, etc. But putting those religious arguments aside, it also creates all kinds of havoc within society. So I'm not like a Victorian Christian, like in the sense that I, th or even Christians, I think generally believe that even within marriage, the sex act is something that is, um, you know, less than ideal or dirty um, or filthy. But in Islam, that's not the case. Sex is uh, seen as a beautiful thing uh, when it's done between a husband and wife within marriage. And it's something that is actually uh, rewarded by God in the afterlife. Having sex with your spouse is rewarded as a good deed uh, in Islam. So I think that's a big um, stereotype that people might have about Islam, that somehow we're against sex. No, sex is healthy, it's important, but it needs to be channeled in the right way. And in fact, the argument that I made at the end of, of the open discussion was that there is more repression of healthy sexuality when you sexually liberate people, because again, you have this monopoly by uh, a very small percentage of society, males in society that are dominating uh, the sexual marketplace. And sexual liberation is leading to less sex for people than comparative traditional society. So this is actually another major argument against sexual liberation. A asks for you, Mr. Girl, why is freedom more valuable on an atheistic paradigm than happiness? Um, maybe it's better to differentiate between happiness and pleasure and say that I think a more long-term, kind of what Daniel's alluding to, a long-term happiness um, encompasses some amount of struggle and work and that getting everything you want at the moment you want it is more akin to pleasure and there's a place for that but um being in a in a jail where you are forced to feel good 24 hours a day is also sounds like a kind of hell to me you got it this one coming in from louis preciado says please be sure to smash the like button thanks for your support louis and anomic economic thanks for your support as well says uh and then they asked a question too they said if my if my kids can't, they're, I think they're trying to basically give a parody argument. I can't remember who made this argument, though. So they said, if my kids can't voluntarily leave my household, I can't know if they really love me. And so was there a, a way, do either of you, is it register who that yeah, was? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's a challenge to me. Okay. Um, no, you, you can't know if they really love you. You'll find out how your kids feel about you when they're financially independent from you, just like my parents did. You got it. This one from Joe Schwartz says, what is your favorite video game? Are you guys playing? You guys, you guys play more yeah. contemporary stuff or old school? Or old school. So I, I grew up playing in like the regular NES system and played uh, Super Nintendo at one point. Uh, or I had a Super Nintendo rather. I liked to play Donkey Kong Country. Um, 
those types of games. But then when, as an adult, I liked um, StarCraft, StarCraft 2 and Age of Empires 2. So, but I'm not like a gamer. I don't like spend much time, but I do enjoy those games. Nice. Mr. Girl. The Last of Us. Nice. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> this one. Zagros Ozcan says, actually, even if he is conscripted, he can present religious reasons and get out of fighting. They instead give you some of the field m menial job. I mean, that's, I guess that's directed towards me, but like, do we consider it slavery that in Islam, for example, men are required to defend um, the nation or society through war and through, you know, military service? Do we consider that slavery? Like, is that, did men come up with this idea to like harm women by requiring themselves to go fight in war and die and become like the majority of casualties in, in, in war between societies. Like this idea that Islam is just created to prefer the interests or the pleasure of men. I think this is not founded when we consider things like required military service of men, not women within Islam. I would, I would rebut that, that I still think that uh, fundamentalist religion is the ultimate blue pill that you, you get to own women essentially and girls. If, if that's what you're interested in, you, they have to have sex with you. You can spank them if they don't and uh, they can't leave. And then uh, you believe that you are being encouraged to do this and rewarded by an all powerful being that I don't believe exists and that you will go to a paradise where you will experience infinite bliss, which I also don't believe exists. This one coming in from Joe Schwartz. Interesting one. They say, Daniel, what's your favorite thing about liberalism? Mr. Girl, what is your favorite thing about Islam? Uh, my favorite thing is, I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing about liberalism. I guess it is technically about liberalism because I think liberty and equality are important values. Uh, I do value autonomy, personal choice, and that those things are found in Islam. So I, I do think that there's overlap between Islam and liberalism. It's just that liberalism goes too far and says that it's all about freedom and equality, and that ends up destroying human society. So that's essentially my critique of liberalism. <laughs> uh, my critique of, no, my favorite thing about Islam is probably... Um... People uh, waking up thinking about what good they can do for themselves or their communities or their their the human race. Um, I don't think that enough people in liberal societies um, shoulder that duty or burden. You got it. This one from Anomic Anomic as well it says, "Mr. Girl is MIGTOW." Are you one of the men going their own way? I didn't know that. No. Okay. Well, uh, I don't. I don't. I, I don't know what I said uh, that made them say that. Um, my 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 views about like uh, I I'm pretty much a gender abolitionist for the most part. Um. So uh, yeah, my I, you asked earlier. My definition of women and, and men are like either defined by genitals or chromosomes, something simple and identifiable that we all use in day to day life. 
Um, but I don't, I don't believe that men and women should have separate bathrooms or separate locker rooms. Uh, I do think they should have separate sports teams, but generally I'm, I am, I want us to move toward treating everybody the same. You got it. And they, now they also said, I don't understand this. They say no difference between a neighbor and a husband to a woman. I don't, was there, you guys know what they're getting at there? I, I said I said being forced to um, have sex with your husband to me is being is akin to being forced to have sex with your neighbor, meaning that consent should be uh, continuous and that you cannot consent to sex ten years in in advance. You can't even consent to sex ten minutes in advance, so or ten seconds in advance. So that when, just because you sign a contract saying you're going to have sex with somebody, um, if you enforce that contract, it is the same amount of rape as if you tell a woman that she has to have sex with somebody she has not ever been sexually interested in. Gotcha. And Zohe, thanks for your question, says, Daniel, can Muslim women discipline men such as spanking if they don't provide enough sex? Uh, no, uh, they cannot. Um, it's, it's like a one-way street. But um, if if the husband is not providing adequate sex, then this is a legitimate claim that she can take to authorities and the authority can rule in her favor that her husband is not providing her um, with what she's required and he can that the judge can issue a divorce and the man has to comply with that kind of separation decreed by the judge. And if he doesn't, then the uh, essentially the police can come and forcefully beat the husband if he doesn't, you know, comply with the judge's order. They can imprison him. So this the man is also the husband is also subject to violence if he refuses to comply in that scenario. You got it, and thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Xavier Relish, somewhat. Uh, reminding me of what came up earlier. They said women have all the advantages in the dating market. If you are an average woman, you can essentially get intimacy whenever you want, while men have to generally struggle. How is this healthy for society, Mr. Girl? Uh, well, that's a sort of mathematically nonsensical because every time a woman has sex with a man, a man has sex with a woman. So it's more, it's more like... Um, the, every time a man and a woman have sex, the man has to probably spend more time talking to different women or talking to that one woman or whatever. And the woman could get away with spending uh, probably five minutes um, looking for sex. But it still, um, it still comes out to one to one. And then if you think of the time women spend preening or the time women spend um, just doing you know, dumb woman stuff that is expected of them, it could average out to much more time that like, you know, I can roll out of bed, not shower and go out and still have a good, you know, shot at, at getting laid. Whereas a woman may feel that she has to spend two hours getting ready. So I, I don't, I don't quite agree um, with that formulation. But it's not one-to-one -one because it's the same guys who are get having multiple female partners. Like this is the whole Chad phenomenon, like the Chads, the, the big, strong guys with the chiseled good looks, they're able to have a lot of female partners, but that leaves the majority of men without any partner, without any sexual access. Like this is the whole Tinder okay. phenomenon also. Okay, okay. So a woman the, on so Tinder can easily match, but a man on Tinder it, it has much less of a chance. He might never match with a female. 
well okay so yeah i guess you're talking about the median and i'm talking about the mean um do we have any statistics on um how many men are virgins versus women or how often men are uh, i guess median median i mean gen- generally it's like an 80 20 rule like 20 percent okay, of men source, are with the 80 percent this is, this is no gen- it's like the no offense but i think mm-hmm. you're insane so i need you to ha- provide some sort of source if you're going to say this because i think your worldview is absolutely crazy but do you agree with it conceptually that this is happening uh, i i don't know i honestly don't know i know i know that people th- i know that men feel like it's happening i don't know if it actually is but the so the source of this is all the biological studies on hypergamy Mm-hmm. So, so women um, have this preference to mate with those who are higher than them in social standing and in wealth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that creates I, I, this I, I, automatic. I, I, I understand dichotomy. the theory. I just I, I want I want some statistics to tell me what the disparity is actually like, and and is it different in different cultures? And then I would be much better suited to answer the question. Yeah, I have to pull it up. My answer is to go to the gym. Yeah, I mean, this is what incels are all about. Like, the, I well, thought you yeah, were more but, familiar with incel culture. Like, no, no, I'm very just about no, going to the gym. I think I, I also think incels are crazy. So, um, okay. I think their feelings are valid, and that they, they, there are reasons they feel what they feel, and I understand they, they hate women and why they hate women, and I kind of hate women too, but <laughs> I also think that they're a bit, um, overly pessimistic, and that they probably. Uh, have some personal problems that they're projecting onto, as we all are, onto their kind of political views of the world. I think that it's a structural problem with sexual liberation that causes this massive increase in men not being able to find partners. I don't think. I it's think that men they, have never. They're not going to the gym enough. <laughs> I, I think it is because they're not going to the gym. I think men have never, in historically, have not had to. Because they have all the the power, they have the food, they have the money, and they make the laws and they enforce the laws. They haven't really had to make themselves sexy. And now you do. Now it's not good enough to just be a guy and say, I'm a guy. Why can't I have sex? You you have to market yourself. But there are guys who just naturally are better looking, right? Um, More attractive, more athletic. Sure, but there's things you so can do. So they're going to get, they're they're gonna things, monopolize. There's things you can do to make yourself more attractive eventually because those guys don't want to marry the women either. So eventually the, the, you know, the ladies will become available even in your, uh, hypergamy, uh, nightmare. Juicy to say the least. This one coming in from tales says Iceland and Norway are the safest countries on earth with the most attractive people, despite being sexually liberal. So I think that within those societies, um, violence is not the only metric, you know, of societal health. There's also um, all like look at just the tax rate. Actually, I take that back. I'm not going to concede that Iceland and Norway are not violent. They're extremely violent because the tax rate is so high. The government (laughs) has to has to force you to give up like 75% of your income and your wealth to provide for this massive socialist state that takes care of all of the children that are not being brought up within healthy 
families with marriages. So actually Iceland and Norway, all of the Scandinavian countries, all of the uh, Western European countries, they confirm, um, you know, my fundamental thesis that you have to have more totalitarianism, more social control, more surveillance, tax people at a higher rate to subsidize the sexual liberation and the breakdown of marriage and traditional family. I think those are great examples for my point. Juicy. This is a, I just, these are like some of the more fun questions ever. This one coming in from extra delight says sexual liberation from the state family and religion. More of a statement in that case. But CJ Canton, thanks for your question. I didn't see it attached. Let me know. If they uh, Actually, here it is. Well, I have Canton. some stats. Whenever. You got it. Going back to, yeah, we'll give you a chance if you want to talk about that. Because it's, it's an interesting question. It was one of my favorite questions we've gotten in a while. Go ahead. Go ahead for uh, if you do want to talk about the stats you found. Uh, I'm still scrolling to find like a. You got it. Exact number. You get asked the questions, please, James. You bet. CJ Canton. Says for Daniel, left out is a quote, ma malakat emanicum, unquote, mm-hmm. or sexual slavery, which is allowed by traditional Sharia. Daniel is not correct, said he's uh, okay with this slavery and puts no value on freedom. You've got a critic out there, Daniel. Oh, I'm surprised I have a critic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you go to my other debates or my channel, I have um, a lot of information on this practice of um, concubinage, or if you want to call it sex slavery. Um, you can also read books um, like War Before Civilization from Lawrence Keeley. And so he explains that uh, in pre-modern times, war was primarily about manpower um, basically, the side that had the biggest army is going to win in, in wars. And of course, if you lose in a war, you're potentially going to be completely wiped out. So the mo- most valuable thing uh, when, it, you have m- when manpower is the deciding factor is wombs, basically, is wombs to be able to produce children who will grow up to be warriors and fight in these wars. So literally the existence of your civilization, your society, your people depends on the number of wombs that you have. Uh, And that means that the societies that actually took slaves, um, sex slaves or concubines, those were the societies that survived. Um, Concubinage was essentially a weapon of war. And obviously, it's not a good thing. War is not a good thing. Slavery is not a good thing. But in that historical circumstance, it was something that was required. It was morally required. Otherwise, you are going to be wiped out. And this is why all pre-modern civilizations had this practice. Um, I would argue that in Islam, Uh, There are a lot of rights given to uh, sex slaves. They couldn't be prostituted. They couldn't be, um, you know, killed or maimed or, you know, uh, abused in in this physically harmful kind of way. They were given a lot of rights in the sense that their owner um, could not prostitute them and would have to take care of them, provide for them in terms of uh, food, shelter, clothing, and any children that came out of that relationship would be uh, free and eventually the mother uh, would be freed as well. So Islam provided a kind of holistic system to integrate the, um, these women who are on, from the losing side into Islamic society. So war is 
inevitable with all societies. Um, this was a practice that we found that we find throughout pre-modern society. You got it. Thank you very much for your question. Saswage Lord says, hey, Daniel, cool beard and turban. Mr. Girl, can you invite Daniel for a regular interview on your channel? A reg oh, you're saying like not a uh, not a debate? I think that's well, what they mean. I don't like to uh, make plans for future streams on stream, but I'm I'm open to DMing with Daniel in the future and, and discussing this. Yeah. You got it. And Rugal Migdal says Mr. Girl is a cool guy. Thumbs up. Saswage Lord strikes again. Says now I don't understand. Hopefully this is an inside joke. Uh, of some dark type of inside joke. You see, Mr. Girl has hit a woman, and Daniel is okay with chaining women. Maybe you two can find some common ground. I didn't know. This is not a, it's not really a, I mean, it's, it's true. That's why it's funny. But I, uh, <laughs> I made a, I made a video called How I Learned to Stop Hitting Women about, uh, my, my past abusive relationships and kind of reflecting on, um, a way for people in abusive dynamics to to uh, climb out, or at least providing um, my train of thought of how I I got out of that. That was a really dark joke. Mango T, thanks for your question. Says Dan, why did Mo or why did Daniel? Why did Muhammad tell uh, child wife? Let's see. I don't know if this is related to the question or to the topic. I, I do want to keep it to the topic because that's what the debaters have prepared for. So Mango T, uh, let's see. Rug Rugal Migdal says hypergamy in all caps, and namely that word that came up before, namely the idea that Daniel brought up. Yo, know, you've got hypergamy, and then polygamy. I I, I still think that uh, yeah. I have the stand here. Fundamentalist religion is the is the wonderland for men, where they can have as many women as they want, and then liberal, uh, liberated sexuality is, is yeah is much harder, and you have to compete. Here's the stat about hypergamy, um, okay. so I can share the link at one point, but it, I'll read the relevant part. Um, as stated previously, the average female likes twelve percent of men on Tinder. This doesn't mean, though, that most males will get liked back by those 12% of all the women they, they like on Tinder. This would only be the case if likes were equally distributed. In reality, the bottom 80% of men are fighting over the bottom 22% of women, and the top 78% of women are fighting over the top 20% of men. We can see this trend in figure one. The area in blue represents the situations where women are more likely to like the men. The area in pink represents the situations where men are more likely to like women. The curve doesn't go down linearly, but instead drops quickly after the top 20% of men, blah, blah, blah. So that's... Wait, so the, like top a, of, the top 20% of men are getting likes from the top 80% of women? And the top 20% of women are getting likes from what? No, no, no. The, the top 20% of men are getting likes yeah. from the 80%, 80% right? And the, but, and the bottom, but the bottom... 80% of men are competing for basically the bottom 20% of the women. So like if you ranked all the men and women on Tinder, 
like uh, and two from the best most desirable okay, so to there's, the least there's, you're basically saying there's 80 80 percent of the women can easily get likes and only 20 percent of the men can easily get likes yeah 20 percent of the men yeah and the thing is that when you have six, sexual liberation those that 20 percent can have sex with as many from that the 80 percent of women that like them as they want but then there's nothing left for the rest the 80 percent of the rest of men yeah, I guess I just think that's a is any in any inequality, but I think that's one that needs to be solved by making men um, more sexually objectified and making them better at um, presenting themselves, and and just being like healthier and more attractive. Yeah, go to therapy, go to the gym. But they're much healthier than the women. <laughs> Actually, the women are the ones that. They can uh, use some exercise as well, I think. Sure, sure. Women should also go to the gym. And I, I agree with that. I think that we should um, push society towards where, uh, yeah, if you're a woman, you should you should have to have a little muscle on you to, to compete. I agree with that, too. Juicy, to say the least. Uh, what is it they, that community talks about? Chad Thunder Rooster or whatever? April Cox, thanks for your question, says, D Daniel, is... Gay sex worse than sex with, let's see. This one, I'll let this, uh, uh, is this related to the topic? It is, absolutely. Fair enough. I, th we I need, was like, all right, I, I, I kicked the other one out. So this is, they said, Daniel, is gay sex worse than sex with a nine-year-old? Yeah, so I, we can talk about um, child marriage. We can talk about homosexuality. This is like combining both of these issues. Um, so definitely th this is a longer discussion that you can find videos on my channel related to them. Um, let's, we can go to the child. The short, an point. the short answer is yes. No, yeah, it's obviously yes, but, um, okay. I need to be able to explain. You want to give content, of course. Yeah. So in, you know, in low technology societies, historically 99% of human history, basically child labor was essential children would work in fields to produce food to survive people needed child labor to survive and there was no schooling and it was over 90 percent non-literacy illiteracy it was only a very small elite that was educated or schooled in any sense there was no such thing as career for the overwhelming majority rather uh, before the modern age a career is not low-skilled food production and agricultural or hunting and gathering, but rather a period of extended schooling to be like a professional or a doctor, lawyer, etc. So boys and girls um, were marrying early, you know, there's no there's no need for schooling. And it wasn't ruining their schooling because there was no schooling to get married early, like the idea of a career was nonsensical, like there was no such thing in moat for most of human history. Um, so, you know, these were illiterate societies and usually the offense that people have regarding, uh, you know, girls marrying or even boys marrying at age nine, 10, 11, 12 is because they're ruining their, uh, schooling or th they're being robbed of the opportunity for career, etc. But these haven't existed for the most, for the majority of human history, rather bearing children, being a part of a family, being a loving mother. That was really what was essential. So, so there was no real reason to delay uh, a female from getting married. And that's why we see this kind of marriage in literally every 
pre-modern society. It was not seen as a sexual uh, dysfunction or a perversion. And girls can reach puberty by nine years old. It's called precocious puberty. There's a lot of biological data on this. So there's nothing really um, that is morally wrong with this uh, practice as it's practiced even today in many different societies. It's not a source of psychological dysfunction or physical dysfunction. And I think a lot of the Western psychological literature also supports this kind of practice. I'm sure, Mr. Girl, uh, you've uh, talked to different um, pedophiles, for example, and you've interviewed them, but you're familiar with yeah. the idea of hebophilia. So hebophilia. I've heard the term, yeah. Yeah, so that's not considered a psychological dysfunction because such a large proportion of even Western men that are interviewed or, or that are given these surveys and they're kind of hooked up to different um, sensory uh, devices show that a large proportion of them are sexually attracted or can be aroused by images of girls uh, in their early teens or even as young as like 10 years old. So within the literature, like you can go read the research paper by Bruce Rind. Uh, he says that there is no, this is actually an adaptive, evolutionarily adaptive thing to be attracted to females at this age because it maximizes the fertility window. Women don't have infinite fertility. They, lose, they are only fertile for a few decades. And in order to maximize that, that required early marriage. And this is what is found in all societies, according to Bruce Ryan, because it's evolutionarily adaptive. So it cannot be a psychological dysfunction. It is just a modern social taboo. I would, I would like to, uh, I would like, I feel like I should say something. Um, I agree with the evidence that you are talking about. I don't agree with your conclusion. So I agree that Adults can be attracted to uh, pubescent, prepubescent, whatever children are around that age and um, uh, can, in the right circumstances, more can be aroused than uh, by that than we would like to admit. It is a taboo. However, I don't believe that just because it is occurring biolog biologically or naturally uh, or whatever, that that means it is moral. I think that the age of consent should be 17. I think that... Um, murder could be a biologically selected for trait that doesn't mean that we're not going to define it as a um, mental illness so i agree that these feelings latent or active are are more common than we would like to admit and that it is a taboo to even talk about it but i think that the thoughts and feelings need to be separated from the action so i guess this is one area where i am less sexually liberated than you I think that um, just because people want it doesn't make it right. And I think it is rape. I think the age of but, consent should be 17. So do you, are you against like, what's the minimum age for a child to be sexually active with someone his or her own age? Like two eight-year-olds, two nine-year-olds, two, like what's think, the minimum? I think some amount of experimentation is inevitable. Um, and what's moral of, what's morally acceptable i think some amount of privacy provided to children when they're playing or hanging out um in for brief periods is also um desirable but i do think that uh, not too much privacy i think kids should generally be checked on and if they're having sex 
uh, they should probably be stopped, not shamed, but just say, Hey, let, you know, how we can talk about this. What, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it is ethical. Let me hear me out. I don't think it's ethical for a parent or guardian to knowingly provide a space for children to have sex in or minors to have sex in, um, below the age of probably 15. I think if you, if you think the kids are making out, I would say 13. If you think that they actually have the space and time and means to actually have sex and, and you're letting them do this at age 13, I, I think that's unethical and that it should be stopped. I don't think exactly it should be criminalized, but maybe it should. So these are um, just based on your feelings, but what are the feelings based on? Like you're not giving like a morally based argument. I think it's based. It's, I think it's based on my experience, probably. <laughs> um, when I was, um, so my argument was based on like biological data, psychological data, and the actual historical practices. So I'm trying to understand. Like you have certain taboos. Well, to a to a to a to a to a feminist, history is not a ar- argument most of history is horrifying. And even, even to you, most of human history is like 300,000 years of nasty, brutish and short. So I don't, I, 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 that the appeal to historical um, practices doesn't, doesn't, doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, but so then what does resonate with you? Like, I don't know. I've always thought this pornography, like they're teaching now, like Proponents of sexual liberation are advocating teaching kindergartners how to masturbate and how to consume pornography responsibly. Do you agree with that? Like, should kindergartners? I I, 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 I would need to see a source for people talking about um, advocating for kindergartners to consume porn responsibly. I, I saw, I did see your article about that tweet, but that that woman deleted that tweet probably half an hour after she made it. So I'm not going to count that as. A deleted tweet by somebody who got dogpiled by absolutely everybody. I'm not going to count that as a common sentiment in in liberal society. I will say that my girlfriend asked me to have sex when I was 13. Uh, we were naked, and I ha- literally had a condom in my nightstand, and I said, uh, "I said no, we're too young." So. I get I some somewhere along the way, either through experience or through what I was taught, I just I have always felt like it's not something that a 13 year old can really reasonably psychologically handle. This one coming in from do appreciate your question. Mark says, Mr. Girl, what was the whole thing about finally being able to marry a cutie? Oh. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but my rise to, uh, whatever prominence I have now was fueled by my controversial review of the movie cuties in which I, uh, self-deprecating, self-deprecatingly acknowledged that I thought I found the cuties attractive, um, despite thinking that it is unethical to make a movie about uh, 11 year old girls twerking. Um, I said some controversial things, uh, about, um, adults being able to be attracted to minors in certain situations. Um, I was making a joke saying that under Sharia law, I I could finally uh, live out my fantasy of marrying the blonde one from cuties, but that's, I don't, I don't, I don't actually want to do that. That was, that was a joke. You got it. Yeah. Just remembered. I, I, like I, the only reason I'm not laughing, I'm not, cause I don't, I am bummed at your misfortune. I don't take any joy in it. Like, 
But I'm also wondering, I'm like, ooh, did I accidentally break the Twitch TOS tonight? Did you, am I accidentally helping you evade any sort of recent ban? Yes. Okay. Oh, well. Well, that's all right. We always like uh, playing it close to the heart. So, Mango we're all We're all, sorry, I didn't know you were streaming on Twitch. We're all going to, we're, we're all moving from Twitch to YouTube, though. Who? Who is it? We're all. Every, everybody. Everybody. Twitch is going to get rid of all politics eventually. I think Wait, you're on, you're streaming to Twitch right now? No, nice. no, no. No, He's I'm not. banned from I'm banned from Twitch. But I'm no, accidentally no. I'm he's, streaming. He's on streaming. Twitch. He's streaming oh, on Twitch. Oh, okay. yeah. You're only it's not a um, huge crowd watching. But Yeah, I mean, I think I think with Destiny, I think I think everybody's going to have to eventually switch over to YouTube. It's time. I you know, I hate to say it as like especially cuz some people are watching on Twitch right now. We we love that you're watching on Twitch right now, the 11 of you <laughs> who are. But I think YouTube is the future. Now Max, you hmm. think that do I just so is you're saying that like this you looks should, like you should, you should you should probably delete your vod though after this. But sorry, what are you going to say? Yeah, I think YouTube is much more hospitable to like uh, like I'll be able to monetize the 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 video I got banned for on Twitch, YouTube let me monetize. So like they're they're much much more accepting of controversial um, discussion or like adult discussion. Right. But yeah, uh, my chat is freaking out, telling you to um, stop your stream and delete your vod. We like to live as, dangerously as you, as you over here, <laughs> but but I have to ask. I appreciate your chat doing that though. That I do. We will will definitely erase the vod. And you say that everybody's moving over. So I'm curious I, if you forgive me for jumping in, you guys. I'm just I can't help but be curious because I'm always looking at Twitch and YouTube and I'm wondering, like, where should we really try to grow? And you're saying that it looks like Twitch is actually trying to phase out political, any sort of controversial political stuff. I mean, it's, it's starting to feel like it. Right. I mean, Vosh and Destiny and. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, the, and then the way the way it operates, where like, yeah, if you talk to somebody who's banned, even if your your stream doesn't violate TOS, they're they're the, the way it's set up so that like there's going to be a new ecosystem that forms around these huge streamers on youtube and like um for newer newer streamers wanting to get into to politics streaming politics they're probably just going to start on youtube i would i would assume it looks it feels to me like twitch just wants people to play minecraft and you know roblox and fortnite interesting wow for some reason, yeah, okay. So we'll jump into the next question. But I, Daniel, what are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts on Twitch? Have you just never gotten on? No interest? I'll be like banned within five seconds. <laughs> yeah, you sure will. Extra True. delight. Thanks for your question. It says, What do you both think about sex workers in the world being unionized? Go ahead, Mr. Pearl. Uh, I think sex work. Um, I think it's going to happen either way. So whether you think it's damaging to the worker or not, uh, I think it should be legalized and done in the most ethical possible way. Um, so I think a union, if that helps them, then yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm against uh, any kind of sex work. And I think that um, Islam provides for men uh, who might have like a preference for multiple women. Um, you, there is polygyny. A man can marry multiple women. I think marriage is really a safe, um, functional, uh, 
institution that should be preserved and it leads to the flourishing of society and i think things like sex work really are damaging and destroy society i think it's bad for the actual sex worker um you know forget uh, you know put the question about soul and afterlife aside for the purpose of discussion but it's going to psychologically harm her in the long run as has been attested to by many uh, former sex workers it's also going to create a society where people are having uh, are going to uh, masturbate and become addicted to pornography and the technology is getting worse and worse where it's just destroying societies like Japanese society has been destroyed basically by pornography and sex work like a huge percentage of Japanese women are involved in sex work it's like I think one out of every 200 Japanese women have been involved in pornography and the Japanese men are not interested in marriage or and even if they are getting married they aren't reproducing so the Japanese government is freaking out right now because the population is not going to be able to replace itself um, so this is like a byproduct of sex work. It leads to the, and, and pornography, it leads to the destruction of entire countries and civilizations. You got it. Thanks for your question. This one I'm going to try to read through. We've got a couple more new ones that have come in. Mango T says, regarding sexual liberation, is it sexually, uh, sexual liberation to ask a child wife to scrape semen from garments? So, I mean, this is... I don't think that's of, a good faith question. I don't think you should yeah. answer that, Daniel. Yeah, I already answered, like, the child marriage uh, question. So yeah, we can get I, into I, the homosexuality one if anyone's interested, but... I wouldn't engage with the bad faith question like that. You got it. And CJ Canton, this one looks like it's just not quite on topic. I do want to say... We want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description. You can listen to more of Mr. Girl as well as Daniel right now, and that includes if you're listening via the podcast. If you're listening via Twitch, we are going to move over to YouTube. I put the link for the YouTube live stream in the Twitch chat. Highly encourage you <clears throat> to click on that as we're going to move off of Twitch. But I want to say, folks, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for your questions. Thanks to Daniel as well as to Mr. Girl. It's been a true pleasure to have you guys here. Thank you Thanks so much, James. Me. Thank you so much, Max. Uh, you're really um, very kind uh, in your debating, and I think it was very good faith. Um, and I, you know, appreciated you responding to the kind of points that I was making. Thank you. I appreciate you too. I appreciate the conversation. I I, uh, I appreciate the good faith and kindness as well. So just thank you both. Thank you. With that, I'll be back in just a moment, folks, with updates on upcoming debates as well as updates about Twitch. And thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Guests linked in the description. Check them out. We'll be right back in just a moment. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here, and we are very excited. I've got to, I am excited. I've got to tell you, we are pumped as, let's see here. Is the old Twitch, uh, let's see here. 
Is, is are we still? Let me work on this. Did I hit stop streaming? We're no longer live on Twitch. Maybe we had broken. I don't think. I think we are. Oh yeah, I think we got shut down on Twitch. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I did not get to shut down the stream. I was going to shut down the stream. However, Twitch uh, seemed to beat me to the punch. They seemed to discover our... Uh, do I, am I seeing this right? I'm just surprised that they would delete it. So, uh, he should... Let's see here. Wow. Well, maybe we have broken the rule, but we nonetheless said yes. We did get apparently Twitch cut cut that stream short. We nonetheless, I've got to be honest. You know, I first of all, I don't know when somebody gets banned or unbanned, and Twitch has lately been banning so many people. I, you can't even keep track. There's so many. What are you gonna do? So I, you know, I got to be honest. I believe YouTube. I've always believed this for a long time. Is some people have said like, oh yeah, Twitch, and don't get me wrong, we've had the Twitch because some people enjoy it. We're like, sure, we'll have it because it doesn't hurt. But I've got to be honest, I think that the future is without a doubt YouTube, and Twitch is, I just think, geez, like every eight seconds they're banning somebody. And so I have to be honest, I'm not really, even if I knew, even if I remembered that uh, Mr. Girl might, you know, that we might get in trouble by hosting Mr. Girl, because I know that I, I remembered hearing you got in trouble recently. I would have... <clears throat> probably just still done it on Twitch tonight. <laughs> the reason is you can't please these people. I was like, wait, I don't know. We'll see. But I do want to say thanks so much for being with us in the old YouTube chat. Thanks for watching live. Hamza, Adjacaf, thanks for being with us. We're glad you were here. As well as Carol, the 406 Atheist, we're glad you're here. Ferentu, glad you were with us. And Croatian Christian, we are glad that you are here. As well as Soundwave and my name, La my last name glad you came by 0022 says hello thank you and coffee mom says thanks james classy as always thanks very much appreciate that coffee mom nobody likes coffee more than me believe me call me coffee daddy and no ledge thanks for being with us kareem glad that you are here spick spack happy to have you here and lacy ann good to see you again Thanks for your kind words as thanks, James, and guests. And yes, our guests are linked in the description. We really do appreciate them. They make this channel as fun as it is. And it is a fun time. I love doing this. I got to tell you, it's been two weeks, two whole weeks since I've hung out with you guys. Isn't that crazy? I've missed you guys for real. I really do love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I felt really sad last night when I couldn't make it because last night I wanted to host and then I just... It was a long, it's a long story, but long story short, I'm, I'm super thankful that Kaz was able to jump in for me because I absolutely needed it. And we've got a, a, such a great team here at Modern Day Debate. People in the old live chat, such as our moderators, like Chris Gammon, Sideshow Nav, as well as many others. Brian Carnes is a huge supporter. We've had so many people support this channel in so many different ways, whether it be as moderators, like on-screen moderators, or moderators in the live chat, or moderators who are or i should say people just who have supported it through patreon and giving us ideas and things like that in terms of what topics to do or what people we should try to have on and glad to have you here as well ashley 19 at cooking great britain uk glad to have you with us we hope you're doing well and i, I do love going at this different time one reason is because we have different people from different parts of the world who are awake which is always fun to have different people here in the old live chat 
And thanks for your super chat. This one just came in from Jupiter Darman. So said, said, so sad. I only caught the tail end of this, but just wanted to show some love to the channel anyway. Absolute favorite channel, James. Thanks. That is super encouraging, Jupiter. Seriously, I am so encouraged to hear you say that. It is my favorite channel. That's for sure. I'm biased, but I'm so I'm just encouraged uh, to hear you say that. And Brooke Sparrow says, I thought you cut the stream. No, I tried to cut the Twitch stream. Before I could, it got cut by Twitch. Twitch actually ended it. <laughs> so Twitch apparently did see. I bet it's because I said it. There's probably somebody, uh, maybe they were like, you know, some sort of like rule follower, like a nerd, Johnny Pencil Pusher, who was like, oh, James, you can't, you can't break the rules of Twitch. And maybe they reported it. I don't know. But what are you going to do? Randolph said, so Twitch twitched out on you. It's true. Uh, they are <clears throat> so sad. I mean, really, just like, oh, boy. Like, I can't keep track of all the people who are getting banned. So, but, you know, what are you going to do? Wait until we host Nick Fuentes, and then we have it on Twitch. <laughs> Not really. I we, we still haven't confirmed anything with Nick, but there is a possible debate with one of the debaters here tonight that maybe would happen with Nick. That's not confirmed. And maybe we will put it on Twitch. I don't know. That way we have two people that have been banned on Twitch just to stick it to them. I can't believe it. Very sad. They just decide to axe us. Just decide to cut us on Twitch. But what are you going to do, folks? Like I said, you can't please everybody. And we do enjoy the old Twitch chat, though. It is fun. And I know some people like it because it's a little bit more quiet over there. It's uh, not as crazy and fast as in the old YouTube live chat. But I got to say, I got to be honest, I think YouTube is the future. I think YouTube does it better. I think not just in terms of Twitch being radical about censoring, but also I think that YouTube is just a bit more intuitive. It's obviously way ahead in terms of its marketing and its branding, like a decade ahead, like at least. So uh, in the long run, I think if I had to bank on one, you know, if I had to really invest in trying to grow on either one, it would be YouTube. And I have to say... YouTube has helped us a ton. We are at 184 likes, you guys, which is phenomenal. We're only, we're only actually 185 now. We're only 15 likes away from 200. Oh, 14 likes now. Another one just liked. We're up to 186. So if you want to support this channel, as we are trying to host a truly neutral platform, we are trying our absolute best to let the chips fall where they may. And that's why we will host controversial people. And that's why we will also let guests say what they want. And that for us really means something special. The reason is it's at least authentic. You can't expect the mainstream media to give you something authentic anymore. The mainstream media, whether it be Fox, CNN, MSNBC, they are clearly selective about what stories they'll pick to talk about, such that they'll pick ones that you could say, you can almost say their constituents. Their constituents would enjoy more. And that's why I'd say, hey, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they're worthless. You can still get the news from them, and I'd recommend it. Probably the best strategy for us all is, you know, maybe get a little bit of news from everywhere. But I've got to say, but if you really want to count on them uh, as nonpartisan, as objective, give me a break. I just don't believe it. We are offering something authentic, something raw, something real. At Modern Day Debate, we let people say what they want. Thanks for your super chat support from 311D. says, keep it up. Thank you so much for that. We really do appreciate it. And so we want to say, my dear friends, 
We're excited about the future. We have big things planned at the bottom right of your screen. I've got a, a couple of things. One, I am pumped at the bottom right of your screen. Abdullah will be taking on Matt Dillahunty on whether or not there is good evidence for God. That's another Muslim versus Christian or Muslim versus atheist debate. You don't want to miss that one. Believe me, that's going to be a mammoth-sized debate that's coming up in one week. And we're only three likes away from 200. Really, only three likes away. So hit that like button and we'll be up to 200. Now I've got to tell you also, we have a podcast. Did you not know that? We do. And it's been growing so fast. Sideshow Nav says, you go coffee daddy. Speak the truth. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. Is We do have a podcast. It's been growing and we're encouraged by that. And the reason is, when I started doing it, I said, well, are people going to find this valuable? Are they really going to get something from it that they actually, you know, they're like, yeah, I like this podcast. And we've been so encouraged that the podcast has just been growing and growing and growing so that people are apparently finding it useful. I mean, hey, save your data, folks. Just download the debate on the podcast as we upload the podcast, usually within 24 hours of every debate being live. So you can listen to it there. Isn't that amazing? You can listen to the debate there. And I've got to check. Am I banned on Twitch now? Let's see if we're uh, what our channel says. But <clears throat> maybe they'll just take down the stream. I don't know if they would do that. And they would just say like, ah, oh, we're not going to worry about it too much. Let's see. I'm kind of curious. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm checking it out. And I'm kind of curious. Like, how are they going to handle this? So far, we haven't gotten in trouble. They took down the stream, but it looks like they didn't... Uh, the channel doesn't show as like being in trouble or banned or something. But I mean, they've really like, they've, you know, like I'm biased, but I really think they do have to loosen up because really, I mean, we are doing our best here. I'm going to even take on the video. I'm going to take down the video on demand, the VOD, as they say, as the young hip people say, they taught me that. Did you guys know that that's actually, you know, VOD means video on demand. Basically, the video that just sits there, uh, which people don't even watch those on Twitch anyway. On YouTube, they actually do. And like I said, YouTube is just so monumentally bigger um, that I have to be honest. Like, yeah, we'll try to stay in good, the good graces of Twitch because it, it does help to be on more platforms. But I, I honestly, I'm not going to tiptoe. Space Ocean Realm Dimension 2800 says, I keep trying to tell you about Odyssey. Give it a try. I have actually mem like joined on Odyssey. I tr I've been trying to figure out how to get our videos to automatically upload there. So I am on there. Spirit Toby says, are you banned from Twitch now? So far, not yet. 311D, thanks for becoming a member at Extra Juicy level. We appreciate that. And we do have channel memberships. I've got to tell you, if you see the scroll at the bottom of the screen, see here like where my finger is pointing? Right down there, that scroll, that scrolling text, the ticker as we call it, those are all the names of our Patreon supporters as well as all of our youtube channel members who are either at the so much soy level or the amazing level and so i highly want to encourage you hey if you want to support the channel that's another way to do it you can become a patreon patron that is linked in the description you can become a channel member and so thanks so much 311d for becoming a channel member the cheapest one i think it's like 199 it's like the uh that's the extra juicy level. So I encourage you, 
that is something that you can do if you want to support the channel. We do appreciate that. And we're at 201 likes. We crushed that last goal. We went from 184 to 201 really fast. So thanks for your support there. Also want to say, if you enjoyed this debate and you're like, hey, I want to share this debate. I want to get the word out. I want someone who I was recently talking to someone on this particular topic, namely on the kind of like religion and sexual ethics. I think they might enjoy hearing both sides in this debate. I would highly encourage you click that share button and you can share it with them. You can share it, whether it be on Facebook, on Twitter, you can just grab a link. If you click the share button, you can just get a link and then you can share it over text message, whatever it is that you want. I highly encourage you go ahead and click that share button and share this debate with somebody who you'd be like, hey, you know, we had recently we had a discussion about this kind of stuff on Discord or on Twitter or whatever it is. And maybe you even in person, you say, hey, you might like this debate. And we really do appreciate all of your guys' support. You guys have supported us so much. It is insane. We just really do appreciate it. It means more than you know, you guys. So I am super pumped about the future. One example being, I had mentioned already, Matt Delonte versus Abdullah. That's coming up in a week. You don't want to miss that one. Apostate Prophet is actually coming back against... I forgot the name of uh, the chap, the lad. He's a young guy. He's very clever. He's very sharp. He's a Muslim debater, and he is young and absolutely a great debater. They're debating on Wednesday morning. I'll be hosting that one as well. The Great Reset, whether or not it was is real, will be debated next Friday. You don't want to miss that. And you guys, I got to tell you, though, the podcast, I'm pumped that it's been growing fast. And so that is linked in the description as well. But you could also, of course, many of you I know watch on your phone. You can just pull up your favorite podcast app right now and you can find us there. If you just type in Modern Day Debate, we are on every major podcast app, whether it be Spotify, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Overcast, you name it. Seriously, we are on virtually every podcast app out there. So we're excited about that. We've been growing and just excited that that, to me, the reason that I'm talking about us growing so much is it's just encouraging that we're having a positive impact because we really believe that everybody, no matter what walk of life you were from, whether you be atheist, Christian, Muslim, politically left, politically right, gay, straight, black, white, everybody agrees on this, namely that we want everybody to have their fair shot to make their case on a level playing field. That's important to us, and that's why we are providing this neutral platform known as Modern Day Debate. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, as we have many more juicy debates coming up. And we also want to say thank you. Just today, we hit 68,000 subscribers. You guys, this is gigantic. I am really excited about that. Thanks for your guys' support. It's been super encouraging. We just hit 60,000 at just a little bit past the new year. So we are just continuing to grow. And the reason that I think that Modern Day Debate just keeps growing, even though we're only doing, like admittedly, we're only doing about two debates a week on average, is because people want to see something that's one, I already mentioned, it's authentic. Unlike mainstream media, we're letting all the chips fall where they may. We're letting a thousand flowers bloom. We're addressing real subjects today and we're letting people say what they want on those subjects. It's, it's not overly controlled and we're not trying to push a narrative. We really are letting 
a thousand flowers bloom. But not only that, I am excited to tell you we care about giving everybody their fair shot to make their case on a level playing field. So thanks for your guys' support. It really does mean a lot. Sadie Marie Jones says you can also listen to Modern Day Debate on Podbean. That's right. We are on Podbean. We are seriously virtually every podcast app. If you if you can find a podcast app, if you pull up Modern Day Debate on your phone and you can't find us, let me know. I will seriously be impressed because I've tried so hard to get on virtually every podcast app. And so, really, we are excited about that. But I want to say thanks, everybody, for your support. Thanks for your love. I love you guys. I miss you. I've missed you guys. It's been two weeks or so since I've gotten to stream with you, and this is just so fun for me. Seriously, I just really do enjoy it. And so I want to say thanks for all of your guys' support, guys. I have got to run, but want to say Thanks, guys, for being here. It is always a blast. I love you, each and every one of you. Soundwave, Al Solmo, as well as Kimba94, Trinity Matrix, Sadie Marie Jones, Anon Yamaus, and Axel Foley, as well as Fedentu Artemis, and Bubblegum Gun. Good to see you again. You guys, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for all of your support, and I am excited to see you in the future. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable, and we're excited to see you. As I mentioned, Wednesday morning is our next debate. That's coming up, and then we'll have one Friday night as well as Saturday. (sighs) Thanks, everybody. Excited to see you at the next one. Don't forget to hit that subscribe if you haven't already, as we have many more juicy, big-time debates coming up. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? What the? Beta. Beta man. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.